SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome. Hour number two of the morning after. Live from Los Angeles for Super Bowl week and Super Bowl 56. You are listening on Sirius XM 159. Watching all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. Live from the FanDuel Sportsbook set inside the Super Bowl Media Center downtown Los Angeles. City of Angels here in the L Invention Center. A place we will be all week long, under a week away from the big game, Super Bowl Sunday, with a team that calls Los Angeles home. The Rams, a four-point favorite against the Cincinnati Bengals, plus 166 on the money line, over under 48.5. We have seen some line movement from this spread since last week. The early opening line in favor of Los Angeles still, but at three and a half points it worked up to four and a half now back down to four in favor of LA the team playing in their home stadium but officially the away team comes Super Bowl Sunday the Bengals plus 166 on that money line in the opening number for that total 49 in a hook which is now dropped to 48 and a half so as you look at this game trend perspectives to know for Los Angeles as a favorite Rams have been favored in 17 of their 20 games this year seven and ten against the number the Bengals do not want to be known as an underdog but they have been barking as the dog all year long eight and three ATS seven those eight covers outright wins and that is how the stage is getting set for Super Bowl 56. The media center is going to fill up out the week. We are going to have every perspective, every angle, pocket, big game, prop market, what the cost might mean for you here week long on Sports Grid, live from Los Angeles, all across the Spiz Grizz and the network each and every weekday ahead of Super Bowl Sunday. Now, the Super Bowl is on Sunday, the final game of this NFL season, but for 30 of through NFL organizations, the offseason has already began. We had nine coach vacancies at that head coaching position in this offseason. Now, eight of them have already been filled. Made seven officially last night with the Miami Dolphins hiring a new coach in Mike McDaniel. Comes to Miami from San Francisco last season as the offensive coordinator under Kyle Shanahan for that 49ers offense. McDaniel made official as the coach of the Miami Dolphins yesterday. So he goes to Miami from San Francisco. Of course, there's in the NFC Championship game against the LA Rams a couple of Sundays back, unable to move past their divisional. Mike McDaniel, a huge portion of getting Samuel more involved in the run game. Don't know Mike McDaniel's personality. One of the best, really, across all of the NFL. So, of the nine head coaching vacancies have now been filled. There is a rumor that number eight might be on the way. The Houston Texans, some report that they are targeting in on Lovey Smith as their new head coach. Former head coach of the Chicago Bears. Former head coach of the Illinois Fighting Illini in the Big Ten Conference might be new head man 
in Houston. Of course, David Culley fired this offseason after only one season with the Houston Texans. And when you put things into perspective for the Tins moving forward, that's the important part here into the 2022 NFL offseason because David Culley fired after only one four and 13 up this year. The team went total for Houston ending the 2021 NFL regular season was just at four wins. First, we welcome our sports grid audience here. The second hour of the morning after. Take it in, soak it up, bask in its glory. Live from Los Angeles ahead of Super Bowl 56. Downtown LA, the convention center here in the City of Angels on the FanDuel Sports set. I am Ben Stevens, and you are listening on Sirius XM Channel 159 and all across the sports grid. Or a welcome to our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. We will get you set with every angle and every approach you need to know for Super Bowl 56. But the NFL cycle does not stop, and the coaching carousel continues continues to spin. Mike McDaniel hired officially by the Miami Dolphins last night. The former now Ford's offensive coordinator, the new head coach in South Beach. So seven of the nine head coaching vacancies so far that year in the NFL have been filled. Two more remain in New Orleans Saints and the Houston Texans. And some reporting late last night, the Texans are targeting and narrowing in on naming Lovey Smith, the new head coach, associate head coach, coordinator last year in Houston promoted to being a head coach in the NFL once again. The former head coach of the Chicago Bears, a former head coach at the Collegiate Bowl for the Illinois Fighting Illini as well. And the best gray beard you will see across all of football. We were discussing this idea that David Coley fired after only one year in Houston. Texans team that had a team win total in the preseason at four. They pushed that number with a straight up record in 2021 at 4-13. But let me direct your attention to their record record against the spread because they were in nine ATS booked as an underdog in 16 of 17 games this year and they were eight and eight against the number in those 10 games booked as a dog the reason we bring that up is because when you are booked as an underdog obviously the expectation is you are not going to win that football game outright but if you are going to cover a number it shows you are a football team then the odds indicate and competitive at all time in playing for your head coach. So David Culley fired after one year, and it seems his replacement in Houston is narrowing in on Lovey Smith as the new head coach of the Houston Tech. Plenty to bring you football and so wise in hour number two of the morning after, live from L.A. right here on Sports Grid. It was also a great weekend in college hoops. We go around college ball in the zone next year on Grid in the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You see me dancing this week like this. I'm sorry my dance moves aren't great. I'm just so fired up to be here live in Los Angeles for the morning after on Sports Grid. Live from the Super Bowl Media Center on the FanDuel Sportsbook set all along leading up 
to Super Bowl 56. I'm Ben Stevens. You are listening on Sirius XM Channel 159 and watching across the Sports Grid Network. Football is our focus. Of course, the big game on Super Bowl Sunday will be where we spend most of our attention this week, but it doesn't mean the sports world outside of the NFL slows down. And if we are waiting for the Super Bowl to happen, we didn't really have any football this past weekend. If you want to count the Pro Bowl, go ahead. The AFC winning that football game, but we had a great Saturday slate in college basketball. Some rival matchups and some huge top tilts to bring you now to recap the weekend and what it means moving forward because there's only like eight regular season games left for a lot of teams across the country in college basketball. Certainly the home stretch February into March when the madness picks up. So let's get you set with everything you need to know right now in the zone. A Duke domination in Chapel Hill, the Dean Dome, for Coach Mike Krzyzewski's final trip to Chapel Hill against Carolina. Number nine, Duke, on the road, down Tobacco Road, and knocking off North Carolina, 87-67. Both teams entered Saturday's affair on a four-game streak. Duke, though, now has won five straight, easily covering as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Duke has now covered in four of their last five. They have been a frit in every ACC game so this year. Seven and four against the number, night up in conference play. Here's the thing about North Carolina. UN's probably going to be a tournament team, but resume rather lackluster at the moment, especially against the competition. Let's run through some of that schedule for uh, this team so far this year. A loss to Purdue early in the non-conference by single digits. A loss then against Tennessee by 17 points. A loss Kentucky in the non-conference slate by 29 points. Starting off ACC play rather slowly against Miami, losing by 28, also suffering a defeat to Wake Forest by 22 points. They have three ACC losses now when you couple what Duke did in Chapel Hill on Saturday by 20 or more points. Not the greatest for Hubert Jones in, in his first year at the helm of North Carolina's basketball program. And North Carolina UNC, not great as an underdog this year. Hubert Davis, excuse me, not great as an underdog this year. That's the head coach of UNC. Six games for the Tar Heels as an underdog so far. One and five against the number. Not covering by an average margin of 9.3 points per game. A huge game on the other side for the Dukies and one of their league scorers all year, A.J. Griffin, 27 points, a game high for the Blue Devils. Paolo Boncaro, one of the best freshmen in the country, 13 points, 10 boards, and Wendell Moore, who does it all for Coach K, 13 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists, and Dukes blowout on the road against North Carolina, 87-67. So Duke, now dominant in the ACC. When you look at the AC title odds up on the FanDuel Sports Blue Devils, a minus 550 odds on favorite. Very strong odds to win the Atlantic Coast Conference. Just last week, Duke was minus 20. They entered the weekend at minus 90 on this four-game winning streak. Duke even more surmounting their lead in the ACC. We've been trying to figure out all who the second best team in the AC is. In the standings, it's Notre Dame. Actually, half a game behind Duke and Wake's one full game back to the Blue Devils. But Notre Dame, as you see those eight title odds that were just on the screen, Irish, the only other team in full digits at plus 
950, but Duke again, minus 550 to win the ACC. As we continue to go through the zone and across the country in college basketball, the top 10 tilt in Lawrence, Kansas on Saturday as well. Number Kansas absolutely blown out number eight Baylor, 83 to 59. Kent blown out last Saturday by Kentucky at home in the fog. They responded with a win against Iowa State as only one-and-a-half-point favorite without their best player in Ochai Abaji, and then a bout of a top-ten team in the Baylor Bears. That's two straight wins, Francis, two straight covers, and before this span had only covered once in their previous seven games. Now, Baylor's on a little bit of a secure by the at least execution of what Scott Drew's program is. Baylor did a perfect 15-0 this year, and then, since then they've now split their last eight games, four and four straight up, just three and five against the spread. This was the first time all year the Bears were an underdog, and they have not covered in three straight games. Can't on the road tonight in Austin, by the way, against the Longhorns of Texas, and they might be booked as an underdog. An interesting number we'll look at a little bit later on. But as we look at Big 12 title odds right now, Kansas Baylor had been going back and forth for that top spot, the favorite in this market all year long. Now Kansas has really scented their spot at the top place, minus 175 FanDuel Sportsbook as the favorites win the Big 12 right now. They have a half game lead in the conference standings over both. You see there at plus three and Texas Tech right behind with the third best odds at plus 550. Again, Texas 14 to one, the fourth best odds a favorite against this red tonight in Austin. As we can go around now to the SEC, Kentucky whooped Kansas two Saturdays ago. Kentucky, a huge road win in Palooza on Saturday against Crimson Tide of Alabama. Number five, keep going on the road and picking up 66-55 victory over the Tide. Kentucky now won four straight games. The line moved crazy here against them. They opened three-point favorite, did the Cats, and they closed as a one-and-a-half point underdog, but it really didn't matter. They have won outright in both of their last two games, booked as an underdog, and they've been in two of those last three games. The blow on the road in Lawrence against the Jicks, and then on Saturday as a one-and-a-half point dog, winning by 11 against Alabama. And what's so interesting, Tucky, is they started off the year as a dog, oh, and three ATF certainly turned the tide, <laughs> if you will, as an underdog here, as a name you need to pay attention to for cats in college basketball. Oscar Sheeway, their big man low, is averaging a double double over 15 points and an 15 rebounds a game. He had a double double against Alabama on Saturday 10 points, 15 boards. He's had a double double in five straight for Kentucky, and in 17 total this year for Coach Calipari and the Kentucky Cat team. Alabama, meanwhile, now has lost three of their last four games, six of their last nine games, and now have only covered twice in a 18-game span. In both of those covers, an underdog, meaning Alabama, has not covered in 13 straight as a favorite. They were a slight one favorite against Kentucky on Saturday. A couple of notes to bring you from the Big East Conf as well. A top 25 matchup today between UConn and Villanova. Villanova, the number 12 tree bouncing back from a loss against Mark. Knock off the Huskies 74. Nova covering as a only their second cover in their last six games. They have a huge game on Tuesday night against Providence. Time this year, the Friars 
have met up. The two teams battling for that top spot in the Big East Conference. Meanwhile, has been playing some great basketball in their seventh straight game yesterday, beating Georgetown. They have covered in four of those seven games. The Friars on Ed Cooley this year, we know that we are a show, that we are fired up at times. Providence, now number 15 in the league, 20-2 straight up, 14-8 and eight against the number. It is the fifth best cover percent in all of college basketball among high major programs. Providence is playing some really good hoops right now, and they get Villanova for the first time this year in Big East play on Tuesday night. That will be a game breakdown tomorrow. And we're all live from Los Angeles, Super Bowl 56 is on the horizon. Under a week away of this countdown now until the big game, Super Bowl Sunday. And we have talked some props so far on this month on TMA. Live here in Est, we are joined by FanDuel's Tom Beck for the prop perspective. Only numbers you need to know heading into Bowl 56 between the Rams and the Bears. Stay with us here on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live from Los Angeles, back to the morning after on a Monday on Squid Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. It would not be a day on TMA, even live here from downtown LA. Unless we got the prop perspective in the experts with our good friend FanDuel's Tom. Joining us now with some early leans for Super Bowl 56 in the prop market for the Rams and the Bulls. And also some plays for your Monday evening to spend a little bit of that down until we get to Super Bowl Sunday. Tom, thank you for joining us once again on the morning after on SportsGrid. Thanks for having me. Exciting week leading up to the Super Bowl, but you're right. A few games uh, in between now and then, so. On that time, right, we got to merge the gap where we are right now. Now less than away in the countdown, but also what's across the sports landscape here in Fed as well. So let's start with Super Bowl 56, and let's go macro before we go row into the prop market, Tom Vecchio, and look at the game overall. The Rams a four-point favorite. The over-under, 48-and-a-half. see the spread. You see the total. Tom, what does it tell you about how you expect this game to play out? The foot is sitting in a spot where I'm actually leaning on the under. You know, we have a very inexperienced Bengals team on one side. I think that's very clear. They're young. They're super exciting. We're all excited for them for the future. Them coming out a little bit slow, a little bit hesitant on offense won't be high. So immediately at the 48 and a half total, I'm actually leaning on the under. The Rams, they've been there before with a different team. They still have plenty of experience on that side. Still the, the hesitancy for an offense to get going can certainly are. So I'd be on the Bengals on the spread, on the under. Uh, I would like to sprinkle a little bit on the Bengals money line if push comes to shove. But nearly I'm not expecting a high-flying game. Despite what we have on both teams, offensive weapons, I'm actually leaning on the on the under for the game total all for Super Bowl 56, how do you look at the prop market? 
So you can correlate out under for the game total with the on some player props, but there are some exceptions. And I think one of those would lean to Matt Stafford and his passing attempts prop is sitting at 30 staff. And despite the most recent, the 49ers ending 20 to 7 hitting the under, he still had, he hit the over on 36. He hit the over in Tampa. It doesn't matter if it's over or under in the game total. We still see Stafford going over his passing attempts uh, props. That's where I like, and I actually would correlate under on Cam Akers' 64 and a half rushing yards because Cam Akers, yes, he's come back from this injury. He's looked okay. He's averaging under three yards here in these first three games of the playoffs. So if he's not being effective, they're going to be leaning on Stafford to pass the ball whether or not this game hits the over. Love the 36 and a half for Matthew Stafford. One note about Cam Akers, his rushing yards prop opened earlier last week at 60 and a half. It's up to 64 and a half, even a yard ahead of where Joe Mixon is on the other side for Cincy. But the reason I love the over on Matthew Stafford's passing attempts prop, Tom, is because he had 45 in the NFC Championship game against San Francisco. Over and two straight when you include that Bucks game. And both the Bengals and the Rams tied for third in terms of their opponent's passing attempts against them per game, the third most in the NFL. Both teams allowing their opposing QB to throw for more than 36, more than 37, rather, passing attempts per game throughout this NFL season. A great area to look. So if Matthew Stafford is spreading the ball across the yard over 36 and a half, who do you think the most beneficial wide receiver would be then, Tom, looking in the prop market? So, of course, we know Cup and OBJ are the primary options, and I think the lines on both of those players are very, very accurate. No one's going to be surprised if Cup has a huge game going for 9, 10, 11 receptions over 100 yards. We've seen that from him all season. But I actually like looking to a bit of a secondary option with Van Jefferson. His total is sitting at 33.5. His longest reception is sitting at 17.5. And this is a player who we have seen throughout the course of the regular season break out for 40, 50 yards on some completion. So he could hit the over on both his total and longest reception on one play, obviously carrying a super high average depth of target. So you know, everyone's going to be focusing in on Cup and OBJ, and hopefully the Bengals' defense is also going to be focusing on those players. So I actually like the over on uh, Van right. Jefferson, the over on his longest, and the over on his total receiving yards. He can break that off in one play. Cincy, the seventh-worst passing defense in the NFL so far throughout both the season and now in the postseason as well. Van Jefferson went over his receiving yards prop against Arizona in their first playoff game for Los Angeles on one grab for 43 yards. So Tom's right. It could be an over and a double hitter right in one play for Van Jefferson. Tom, we call you the home run prop king on this show by the time we get to Major League Baseball season. But predicting who's going to hit a home run is rather hard to do. It's a random event given any given night in baseball. You could make a similar argument to finding that value for the anytime touchdown scoring prop market. How do you handicap that market, especially ahead of Super Bowl Sunday? So this is where some of the final injury notes would come into play. I like looking to a lot of tight ends just because they aren't, uh, they don't have the shortest odds. They're actually pretty valuable to be going to, whether it's Uzama or Tyler Higby, but they're actually both dealing with injuries. So taking a, a random shot with one of the backup tight ends could be an option, but I would actually, again, prefer to look mm -hmm. to some of the secondary options, whether it be a Tyler Boyd, who's going to have longer odds compared, uh, compared to Chase or Higgins, just to try and get as much value as possible. If we're going to see Jamar Chase, 
case sitting at, you know, plus 100 or, you know, minus 105, that, that's not necessarily a spot that I want to go to. I'd rather take Boyd, who could be, you know, a little bit longer odds. It's the same thing for the Rams. Like, everyone's going to be leaning on Cam Makers. I might as well take a little bit of a shot on Sonny Michelle. So going slightly away yeah. from the chalk to find a bit more value. Cam Akers, the only other person beside Cooper Cup in minus money for that anytime touchdown scoring prop market. You saw the graphic there. Sony Michelle, a goal line give to find the end zone, plus 210 right now for LA's backup running back. So that's Super Bowl Sunday. That's the early look in the prop market with FanDuel's Tom Vecchio. But in your downtime on this Monday, we can look to the NBA to hopefully add to your pocketbook so that you have a little bit extra to wager for Super Bowl Sunday. So, Tom, let's go to some of your favorite props tonight around the association. The Toronto Raptors have been on a tear. Winners of five straight. They have covered in five straight on the road in Charlotte tonight, taking on the Hornets. The Raptors, a two-point favorite. In the prop market, though, where is the focus for Toronto? I'm going right to Gary Trent, the over on three and a half made threes. As you said, two-point spread. This game has a 224 over-under. A huge pace-up spot for the Raptors. They're 24th in the league in offensive pace. The Hornets are sitting up at second. See the Hornets, the second-worst team in the league, allowing 14.1 made three-pointers from their opponents per game, and specifically to shooting guards, where Gary Trent lines up. They're allowing 4.05 made three-pointers per game, which is also dead last in the league. He's hit three straight. Uh, he's hit three threes or more in nine straight games, and he's hit, hit the over on three and a half in six of the last ten games. So. He's been on fire. The Raptors have been on fire. The Hornets play super fast. They don't play a whole lot of defense. So I'm looking directly to Gary Trent tonight. Uh, and it doesn't stop there. I like the Suns on the, on the spread tonight, sitting at mm. eight. I think it opened up at six or six and a half. I think that this is a very straightforward spot for the, the Suns, at least I'm hoping so. Uh, the Bulls are in this stretch where they're making up a lot of the games that were postponed earlier in the season. This is their third game in four nights. It's their fourth game in fifth nights. Zach Levine is listed as questionable. He has missed the past two games. The Suns are coming off of full rest. We see the Bulls starters, specifically Vucevic and DeRozan, playing heavy, heavy minutes. And this is without Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball. So their depth is being tested right now. They're at home. They're on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. They're going up against the best team in the NBA, coming off a of full rest. The Suns are 29 and 23 against the spread. I'm going right to the Suns tonight. And they've been booked as a favorite in many of those games this year and still covering above 50%. So that's some NBA action. And Tom Vecchio gave you some early leans in the Super Bowl prop market as well. But he's a triple threat for us right here. We're also going to go to the ice for some more props tonight on this Monday, Tom Vecchio. Where are you looking in the NHL this evening? There's only two games uh, in the NHL tonight, and I'm going right to the Toronto Maple Leafs playing the Carolina Hurricanes. Both teams are in the top five of the league when it comes to the most goals scored per 60 minutes in 5v5 situations. And I'm looking to the Montreal, uh, to the Maple Leafs tonight, and that means Mitch Marner over two and a half shots at sitting at minus 110. Prior to the All-Star break, he had a seven-game goal, uh, seven goal streak going. And, you know, whether or not he continues that this side of the All-Star break is yet to be seen. But I expect him to fire the puck. These are two phenomenal offenses. And ultimately, we see the Maple Leafs with Kim Razik in net, who's their backup. So a little bit of rest, their backup in net. If they come out, come out a little bit slow, they're going to have to get that offense going. And we know it should be Matthews and Marner up on that top line. I will say Marner is plus 210 anytime goal scorer. He does have this seven-game streak going mm. right now. So, you know, coming out of the break, start to fire the puck a little bit more. I like him at plus 210 as well. 
Tom Vecchio, do you realize that two of your props tonight focusing on a player that plays their professional sports in Toronto against a team that plays in Carolina? Did you notice that? Uh, no, that, that's actually a, a great point. I, I guess Gary Trent and Mitch Marner are both going for Toronto teams. Uh, I guess I'm all aboard uh, yep. the six tonight. All about, oh man, you got to be listening to some Drake on this Monday, certainly. Even live out here in Los Angeles, where our focus is Kendrick Lamar and Dr. Dre, the halftime show for Super Bowl 56. You're big time Drake in the six tonight because both Toronto teams playing Carolina teams, and Tom likes two props featuring a player for the Raptors and Gary Trent Jr. and Mitch Marner for the Maple Leafs as well. FanDuel's Tom Vecchio joining us as he does every Monday here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Tom, thank you for your time and your early perspective in the prop market for Super Bowl 56. Thanks for having me. As always, Tom Vecchio, we appreciate that idea of how to handicap the prop market for the biggest game of the year, really in all of sports, but especially in the National Football League as well. Coming up next, our Sportsbook Conciliary back live here on set in Los Angeles for a trend game you don't want to miss. Stay with us on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid, live from Los Angeles ahead of Super Bowl 56 here in the City of Angels. I am Ben Stevens. You are listening on Sirius XM Channel 159 and watching all across the SportsGrid network and live back here on the set, the FanDuel Sportsbook set inside the downtown L.A. Convention Center, our Sportsbook conciliary, Dave Sharapan, back in the mix on this Monday, less than a week out from Super Bowl Sunday. You are the consig. Yep. You know all about trends. Yep. We are going to play a game here on the morning after on this Monday called Trend Talk with the consig. Like so this. without like further ado, drum roll. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, so here's how this is going to work. Wait, I, that's it? You're not what? bringing it? That was it? That was a drum roll? Yeah, we don't. No, there's no fans. We didn't have a track. singer yet. Oh, no. Okay. This was, oh, no, no, this was no, no, our no, producer, no, no. John Shames. Wonderful idea late last night. Go, so Shames. we're ready to go. We're going to do our own right. manual stinger. Can drum roll again. Can you do the Can you do the shoulder thing? Go hoop. Go hoop. Well, hey, be careful about the shoulder thing here on the morning after. Anyway, we go and move on now into Trend Talk with the Consig. Here's how this is going to work. I'm going to pitch you the price in the prop market based off strong trends that we have wow. on the last 12 Super Bowls. You are going to tell me if you would fire on this number. This is one we discussed earlier, starting fast in Super Bowl 56. Okay. The team to score first wins the football game. Right. right now on FanDuel, the yes of that option, the team that scores first wins, minus 205. The mm. no, plus 166. Mm. And the trend is in eight of the last 12 Super Bowls, the team to score first won. When they did not, the team that did not score first, that happened four, four times, times, including the last two years. So, Consig, Trend Talk, here we go. Do you fire on that price? On the yes? You tell me. Or the no? You got two options. Um, I would prefer not to fire. I, I okay. don't know if I would bet the no but at the plus, but I would definitely not bet the yes. Okay. It just feels a little too expensive for me for more of a – it's two out of three. Right. Comes I mean, that's not bad. You? 
What do you like about it? Do you like that? I kind of like the no. You I like know. The no? Listen, yeah. I'm a sucker when it comes to plus money. I'm going to have to not try you to are. be that come Super Bowl Sunday yes. back in New York City when I'm sitting with my friends and we can bet on the FanDuel Sportsbook online wagering now legal in yes. the Empire State. Last two Super Bowl winners did not score first. Each of the last two Super Bowls. That would be the Bucks last year. And then also the year prior to that when the Chiefs did not score first against the Niners. Do you put much stock into that before you push the button to actually place a bet? You, Let, how deep do you get well, with that? Here is my thing about trends. I don't try to jump in front of a trend. I don't know if I necessarily believe at all times trends are your friends. Right. But let me throw that question back to you. In the risk room, does a trend mean anything at all nope. about setting the price? No. Nope. Okay. I mean, it, it, it just doesn't. You you can bring it up in the room, mm. and they're like, all right, yeah, but what's the price? Like, it goes back and forth, right. and that might sway your argument, and that's what it should do when you make a wager bet. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't make that the closing argument. Okay, good. All right? I would add that as a point in the discussion. You bring that and a little bit of, you know, that vibe that yeah. you're bringing. Yeah, I mean, the music is great. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Watching you dance on the way <laughs> in has been, has been an absolute joy. I mean, I'm going to be dancing I mean, literally all oh, week hey, long, live. I hope you're dancing after LA. you give me more of these. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Next prop up. So the team that scores first wins yeah. eight of the last 12 Super Bowls. The yeah. team that scores last has won in 12 straight. Like and there is that prop yeah. market as well, where the yes for the team to score last winning the Super Bowl yes. at minus 230. The no, heavier mm. plus money at plus 185. Again, the trend in the last 12 Super Bowls. The teams to score last has won in each of the last 12. So it's minus 230 on that juice. Would you pay that price or yes. would you just avoid this market? No, I would pay this one. I've, I've seen this one be paid mm -hmm. by some people that I respect. And what did you say? How many in a row was this? One, two, three, carry the seven. Twelve in a row. The last 12 Super Bowls. All of them. The team to score last wins the football game. Yeah. this. I mean, what I like even more about this one and why I would lay the 230 yeah. is that who wins the football game more often than not when they score last? Like, this, this happens – Anything we can find that happens on the regular in a football game mm. during the regular season or in the postseason, it's not just a special thing. This one feels like a little underpriced to me. Really? I, I, yeah. I, I, this is going to close higher, as it should. Okay. Team to score last wins the game. I like that. It's one. interesting because when you look at that market just in general, it's only 25 cents more for the team to score first, and there's a lot more variables from the team Correct. to score first to the team to score exactly. last. Really, That's the team to score last, if they're not winning the football game, that means they're down by double digits or they're trying to make a one-score game with a field goal, something where they can exactly. come back. So that's the interesting number when you look at how that is priced out. All yep. right, next trend up in Trend Talk with the Consig, former odds maker himself, our sportsbook conciliary, Dave Sherapan. Either team to score three unanswered times, thus the route would be on in Super Bowl 56. The marketplace, yes, minus 198. No, plus 160, the last 12 Super Bowls. Yes has hit seven times. No, five, oh, wow. a much more even split. So either team to score three unanswered times, the yes, minus 198, no, plus 160. What do you think of this trend in this market? I bet the yes on this every year. Really? I've been doing this almost for, yeah. Like, that's one of the bets that, for me, the game doesn't 
really matter. I just and, and that's only recent history that mm. it's seven and five because before Correct. that it was even more like yes, 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 yes. And this was one of the props that we couldn't really price high enough ever to start. Now we're at 190. That's starting to get in that range right. where you're like, eh, I don't know. And then you give me the seven and five, and you kind of would maybe keep some people off. Yeah. I'm good with this, though. I'm good. I think I could lay up to $2 with this comfortably. Right. Then it gets for me a little bit like, eh. Because three consecutive scores doesn't mean three consecutive touchdowns. touchdowns. No. Very important factor in having that discussion with someone at the counter for uh, forever. I mean, someone always has that question. It's a field goal, a touchdown, and then another field goal, a touchdown. It doesn't matter. It's three consecutive scores and Benjamin. Yeah. It crosses over the halftime. Absolutely so, which is huge. It goes quarter to quarter, halftime break, and all. So let me ask you something yep. here, Dave Sherapan, because you've brought this up a couple times now. You said you would fire on a minus 230 price in the yep. prop market. You said you would fire on a minus 198 price yep. in the prop market. I have told you I am just a casual sports better who yep. loves a little bit of plus money. I think most people out you there do. feel the same way. Yep. Why are you so comfortable laying at least $2 in juice at times if you think that bet is going to hit? Um, because the price isn't enough to make me not like the bet. Mm. And I've seen for years, there's guys that come in actually professionals that, again, we call them like all the bad guys. Right, yeah. Right. Yep. They bring it to lay it. They're not looking to take the plus money. They're looking to take the favorite. And sometimes, you know, the price gets in that uncomfortable feeling. Not, not like uncomfortable, like you dancing. That's actually comfortable. That, that's feeling. very that's, comfortable. That, that's a very comfortable. Welcoming feeling. and yes. warm. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they come to lay it, and it's okay. So it it's fine yeah. to do. Don't be scared of that. You can't always like. Sometimes the best bets are the minus money bets. Right. It's I mean, okay. there's a reason there's minus it's, money, and there's a reason, reason there's plus yes. money. Yes. So don't yes. don't go. Oh, I I can't bet that because that's minus. Sometimes that's the best bet. I still like this finding the plus thing of you're course. doing. I mean, this is what you do. We're going to show you a little plus money later Please. on in All our right. third and final right. very happy hour here on the morning after as well. All right, next trend up. Both teams, both, not one or the other, both teams to make a 33-yard field goal or longer Ooh. in Super Bowl 56. What's the pricing the price? here, pretty close. Yes, minus 104. No, minus 122. Wow. The reason we have short numbers is because in the last 12 Super Bowls, an even split. Six yes, six no. Both okay. teams to make a 33-yard or longer field goal. We know that Matt Gay was a pro bowler for the NFC. We know about the perfect postseason Do we know for Evan McPherson. Health? Do we know Gay's health? I'm not sure. Is there something wrong with it? Well, did you see that field goal that he was short? Left short, the 47-yarder? Eh, big moments, Tampa. Damn. You never know about the wins. The pirate ship probably... Boomed out the cannon to get him. All right. Yeah. He's a pro bowler. I know. I mean, listen. It's, so I, you like this one over? I, I would take the yes. You take Given the yes what we've just seen out of the right. Bengals, at times having struggled to found the end zone in the red zone and settling for field goals where Evan McPherson has he's been a perfect 12-for-12 12 12 12 this postseason. He's money. And Matt Gay on the other side, you're making a longer than a 33-yarder. That's an extra point. I like that. I like the yes. Does the fact that football has changed so much with going for it affect your handicap of this because they don't yeah. kick the longer field yes. goals like they do right right 
That's why this price is what it is. Yeah. It should be probably a little bit higher. Mm. But I think, one, we got to be aggressive because right. it's a Super Bowl. But right. two, this change of heart, like the way they're doing things, mm. they're going to, instead of kicking a 52-yarder, they're going to go for it. Yeah. So you may only get one opportunity. Right. You may Fair. not even get an opportunity for one of the teams. I think I think uh since he definitely kicks one. Right. That's the one I feel a little more confident about. Correct. I, I still think we should we should do the yes on this. And we need both, and that's the biggest thing. All right, let's move on to the next trend here. A safety during the game. Oh. All right. On. Tons of plus money on come the on. yes, plus 750, the no minus 1200. The last 12 Super Bowl results, there has been a safety three of the last 12. And in nine of the last 12, no safety. Plus 750, we're finding the plus money. What do you say, Kinsig? Just because it has a good price doesn't mean it's a good bet, Benjamin. I understand. I do just, you want this? That's why I asked. Just ask we're the question. We're not just, betting this. I just asked the question. Oh, Thank you. Just ask right, the question. Fair. Don't shoot the messenger, please. No, I'm not. Believe me, I'm taking the bet. Okay. If I'm the book, I'm taking the bet. <laughs> Are you? Come on in. Bet the safety. Come on in. Let's go. Get comfortable. Mm. You want anything else while you're here? <laughs> I mean, no. I, I don't want anything to do with this yes Okay, so we leave that alone. Can you give us your best representation of a safety signal from an NFL referee? Go. Fantastic form. Look at the arch in the elbows. Really, really you well done there. Here's a good one. Speaking of aggression and what we might see in the Super Bowl, will there be a two-point conversion attempt? Not will it be successful, Ooh, but will hard. there be an attempt? The yes plus 118. The mm. no Minus 144, the last 12 Super Bowls, we have seen seven of the last 12 feature a two-point conversion attempt. Five of the last 12, no, no. going for the two. Ooh. This is an interesting price. We know the aggressive nature of a Sean McVay, given football, plus 118. We firing? I think so. I think so, too. I think so. Yep. Um, it feels like this may happen even before... We needed to, right? They may, they may, right. they may push and go. You know what? We got to score. We need points. Right. Let's go for two instead of kicking, despite the fact that these are two best kickers in the game right now. You know what's really interesting as well, Sherpan? Yeah. As we have seen now, given where the extra point try is or where you go for the two, if there is an offside penalty or something on the defense and you move it to one, Let's go it almost two. forces the yeah. coach's hand yep. to go for the two. Plus 118, a very enticing number. We yep. round out our number two, live from Los Angeles, inside the Super Bowl Media Center, right here on the grid and the morning after, on the other side side of the break. We're going to look at the prop market and where the lines might move next here on TMA. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ahead of Super Bowl 56, we do that now and guess the line. Hey! Hey! 
Two hours flies by Man. when you're having fun with your friends. But in that opening hour, Dave Sherapan, we looked at some of the wide receivers for Super Bowl 56. Jamar Chase, T. Yeah. Higgins for the Bengals, OBJ, yeah. and Cooper Cup on the other side for Los Angeles. Every time you do it. As you should. I mean, it's pretty funny if I do say so myself. (laughs) We talked about Cooper Cup's number at 103.5 for his receiving yards prop, up to 104.5 late last week. Now on this Monday, six days out, Super Bowl Sunday, 106 in a hook. Where do you expect these numbers to go across the prop market throughout this week? I have no idea where his prop is going to go. I mean, how much higher can it get? 110? Can do you, think, do you think he can? I don't. 109 and a half has got to be the peak. Where would it get to that you would start to take an under, or would you ever take an under on Cahooper? Oh, it's got to be right now. I think it's, for me personally, okay. I can't get the book guy out of me. I'm needing the under. I want the under. I'm looking to it at 109 and a half, I think. I would have to be push the button on the under. I'm not pushing it yet. I don't want any part of that. No. No way. I mean, why would you when he's gone over 106 and a half and two straight in the postseason Every for the week. Rams? 183 against the Bucks, 142 against the Niners, and then over that number of 106 and a half, 11 of 17 games in the regular season for Los Angeles as well. Our number three of the morning after coming up next on the other side of the break here live from Los Angeles, joined by Patriots running back Brandon Bolden right here on the grid. Stay with us on the morning after. <laughs> 